This is an Area Code podcast. Okay, but I hear something on your end, I think, because there's some sort of noise in my headphones. It kind of sounds like a horcrux, you know, the sound that horcruxes make. What are you talking about? (laughs) In the Harry Potter movies. I don't know what a horcrux sound is. You don't? No, I apologize. They just... They just make like a little like ringing noise. You've seen the Harry Potter movies, right? So like a telephone. Like a dinner bell. No. <laughs> like a school bell. No. Like no, a like a not at all. Okay. Hi, I'm Richard Clark. And I'm Bethany Perkins. We can't stop talking about the Enneagram. So we decided to start a podcast where we get it all out of our system. We're not experts. We're just obsessed. It's No Chill Enneagram. A safe space for Enneagram fanatics. And a pretty great idea for a podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Richard Clark. And you're listening as usual, because you do this every day. Even you just go back and listen to the old episodes, um, just mm-hmm. as like your daily quiet time, I think. Um, devotional. Yeah, your daily Enneagram devotional. So you're listening to No Till yeah. Enneagram. I'm here as usual with Bethany Perkins. Hey, Bethany. Hi. How's it going? Um, Good. We have... Um, a really special guest on today. Uh, <laughs> Bethany, Why did you say it like that? <laughs> as opposed to what? <laughs> I honestly, have ever since. A really special guest. This, this is why. Ever since that episode where I said, <clears throat> what, what, what was it I said? I said, a uh, special, very guest. Ever oh, since yeah. that episode, I've like freeze up anytime I'm about to oh. say that. I'm sorry. I've also just not- noticed how many times I've said it, so I want to make sure I'm not. You like, say it every time. Yeah. But today. Today for real. We have Enneagram royalty. Yeah. Yes, Enneagram royalty, Beth McCord. Beth, thanks for so. Much. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, guys, it's so fun to be here. It's We're on a hilarious roll. to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this Good. is great. So Good. you're coming into the most professional Enneagram podcast that there is. Very professional. Very That's high caliber. Awesome. I love it. I, I do want to ask, how many Enneagram podcasts do you think you've been on at this point? Okay, well, do you mean like shows like yours that are specifically for the Enneagram or just podcasts I've been on that I talk about the Enneagram? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Uh, the ones that are specific, the ones that are our competition, those ones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Not very many. Maybe four or less. So I know I you've been know. on the Enneacast. Okay. And, yep. I've been um, on it twice. Okay. And have um, you been on, what else? Can you remember any of the others? Because we're going to ask no. you to rank at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. That might be the only other, like, Okay, actual... well, this will be easy then. <laughs> Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, I think awesome. that's the, actually the only true Enneagram one. Yeah. yeah. They're awesome. We love them. We have a we have we a do. we have a text thread going with with Sam oh, and, cool. and Jesse. That's awesome. 
Well, let's yeah. tell people who you are, Beth McCord. You are. Okay. Um, I think you're best known as your Enneagram coach. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how yeah, to frame that. My right. Enneagram coach. Uh, other people. Right. Yeah. Other people. You are my Enneagram right. coach. <laughs> yeah. You're our Enneagram. So I think coach. a lot of people probably know yeah. you from Instagram um, and just like random places on the internet. But you, you've also written a few books. It feels like. Yeah. Well, we released ten books this year. Whoa. Um, one. Wow. It, yeah. One is Becoming Us, Using the Enneagram from a Gospel-Centered uh, Perspective or Approach uh, for Marriage. And um, that was in October. And then just almost a month ago, we released the nine books, which are gift book journals. So they're part mm-hmm. book and part journal. So there's 21 days and learning more about your type. So I kind of break down your personality into bite-sized lessons. And then there's reflection questions on each of the you know lessons or each of the days for you to go through your type specifically. So yeah, so we did 10 books this year. Nice. Would you say that is a journal thing for like people who are new and trying to like get accustomed to their type or is it something that's... It's kind of both. I mean, it's not going to be the deepest dive for those that really love to like geek out on stuff. Like my main focus with the Enneagram thus far, though, as we keep building products, it will evolve, obviously. But we wanted to build products that were simple, easy to understand, you know, and easy to use in your life. Because a lot of Enneagram content out there, you know, if you're somewhat new, you're like, what's happening? Like, Mm -hmm. what are they talking about? Um, so it takes a long time for people to really decode and decipher everything. So we've made our products easy to understand, but yet we've kept it really profound. So in the 21 days, you know, we're going to cover the wings of that person's type. We're going to cover the lines, you know, and how they, um, you know, are under stress and growth, but we actually cover the four paths so that you can go to the healthy all the way to the unhealthy of both the lines you're connected to. Oh, and that's I cool. know a lot of people are just, yeah, they're just used to hearing just growth and mm-hmm. just stress. And so we cover the actual four paths, which is super helpful because um, one of the paths that we, we call the blind spot path really has to do with your what you're like in your family dynamics oh. or maybe with a best friend. <laughs> that but seems true. Others, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what others don't see. And it, it's a blind spot because we're like, what? What's wrong? Why are you so upset with me? And they're okay, like, okay, I need to stop this, you yeah. there because I, um, I absolutely have to know what the four blind spot path is and what it looks like. Yeah. And and yeah. I need to know the two. And our one. listeners, I'm sorry if you're not a four <laughs> okay. or two. We apologize. You're just not hosting this podcast. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you just get a backseat um you just have to buy the book (laughs) exactly right yeah (laughs) there you go um okay so with the type four the blind spot path for them so would be the same it's the same direction as your growth path Mm -hmm. which for you is uh what one, one yeah one Yes. So it's the same growth or it's the same path, meaning it's the same line that you move towards, but you're using the average to the unhealthy aspects mm-hmm, of that type, mm-hmm. but you're only really doing this around your family, maybe a closest friend, yep. you know, the people that you let your hair down. Well, if you have hair, right, you might be falling. I have a super have hair. Right? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> when you, when you let your hair down. Um, so for the four, 
what's going to happen is you're going to start to really focus on flaws, maybe becoming more vocal about your opinions, maybe judgments become a little bit more critical uh-huh. and maybe visibly display your disappointment. You can also become more impatient, picky, and controlling, and then maybe even criticize um, <laughs> yourself for personal imperfections that leap out at you. Does that seem familiar? Correct. Yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I'm very offended that you would say it to me without even knowing, but. <laughs> yes, exactly. And But she that's knows. probably not what you're like in your everyday life, right? Just like out and about. Right. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And so that's why this is so intriguing, this blind spot path. Um, Now, I got, I took a course with Russ Hudson, um, an online course where he really walked through these and he called this the security point, but that really confused a lot of my, so I also have a course called Becoming an Enneagram Coach. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's confusing when you teach this deeper level with the word security point, because there are some teachers Mm -hmm. that call the growth path security. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, wait, we're. We've got similar words, but it mean totally different things. So I decided to call it the blind spot path because a lot of times we are kind of blind to the fact that we're treating our family in these ways, but they yeah. feel it. That is so mm-hmm. good. I'll tell you why I love that because it, the blind spot is just the best way of describing it because I, that is what I am like when I am just like so happy with myself right like like oh, when wow. i feel i feel like i am at, running on all cylinders everything's great and the only thing that's going to stop me is like a a big like smack in the face with um self-awareness that my wife tends to give me you know like <laughs> mm-hmm. this is what yeah. you're doing but until that moment i'm like i know all the things and here is the thing and i'm judging you and all of that and stuff. i'm going to tell you exactly everything. Yes. that's wrong yeah, yeah. And so it's really intriguing because, well, one, we can wake up to our own self, right? And that we do this and own it, apologize when needed, but also, you know, ask for help or to get help. And so what I usually say in when I'm coaching people is use that as a rumble strip, you know, like on the highway that wakes you up, alerts you, Mm. like you're going to veer off course and careen if you don't realize what's going on. So in even our family can kind of make us us aware if they're going to do it correctly, right? We don't want to use the Enneagram as a sword or a shield where we're just like, you know, stabbing each other with it. But we could be like, hey, I think you're maybe unaware, but you're kind of being a little critical or judgmental. And I don't think that's probably what you're intending to bring at (laughs) me. (laughs) That's definitely (laughs) what's landing on me. Yeah. And so if we have those more um, kind of aware moments and loving conversations, then it really helps us to go, oh, yeah, totally sorry. Like, let me kind of get, you know, myself back together. And let me say that in a totally different way. It doesn't mean that what needed to be said shouldn't be said but it's just how it's done could be different so so yeah the blind spot path is very powerful yeah that's good can you talk um can you talk bad about bethany now please yeah yeah i want to hear the two one and my family listens to this podcast so they're just gonna eat this up (laughs) yes they're gonna be like i knew it yeah um yeah Yeah. so the twos my daughter is a two and so very familiar with this um and this is why a lot of people actually will say to a two, there's no way you, like a family member will say, there's no way you're a two. They literally say that to me. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All so of here's, them. Uh-huh. Here's, they are convinced that I'm not a t- actually yes. a two. Yes. I'm like, and so no, here's, you just don't see. Right. You don't see the outlet. They see the family dynamic, right? They see the yeah. blind spot path more than the other kind of inner workings, um, which is why mm-hmm. we always tell people don't type another person because you really don't know yeah. the internal motivations. But so your mm-hmm. growth path is what number? Four. Yes. So That's this is the same number. And so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so this is the same number, but you're moving to the average, to the unhealthy aspects of the four when you're around mm-hmm. your family. Now, of course, not all the time. I mean, there's moments that you're healthy yeah. and things are going great, but when you're not at your best, this can um, kind of squeeze out because it's easier because it's family, right? So mm-hmm. for you, you're going to be more open about your needs, your feelings, your darker ambitions, your cravings, Uh but you're also going to express your disappointments in others uh, more vocally. Hmm. Um, You can become moody, temperamental, and self-absorbed. And then on top of that, you might um, indulge in like goodies or treats um, for yourself. And the reason (laughs) is, is if you do real self-care it can feel to a, too that they're being selfish. And so they kind of want to sneak around to have these little treats and indulgences because they think it's really being like self-care. Like, oh, I'm like taking a break or I'm, you know, watching a TV show that I really like. But they're like little Band-Aids. They're <laughs> not true self-care. And so if the two does that a lot at home, then they may not actually be helping as much around the home. <laughs> and so oh, people yeah. are like, I don't I understand. Do. <laughs> why are you like, why are you so helpful everywhere else, but not here? There's no way you could be a two. And actually that happens quite yeah. often because the two, so our growth path, though it's really good, is super hard for each of us. And so what usually mm-hmm. happens is there are certain tendencies that are lookalikes to the growth path but they're not, like I said, they're, they're like a Band-Aid. It kind of squeezes out versus being the full thing. And so what a two needs to learn is real self-care and to recognize that that's not being selfish. But until they do, we all have to have a certain amount of self-care, but you're only doing a Band-Aid's worth versus the real thing. And so you'll keep having to have these little morsels just to keep up enough to not fully burn yourself out. I feel like I set this up to where fours got slammed twice in a row. <laughs> I'm feeling really attacked. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow That's like hilarious. right out of the gate, we have a guest who is a nine on the Enneagram who <laughs> immediately just comes in slamming us. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious? Because it's like I like with my nineness, I can be kind of like, you know, in stealth mode because I can kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. say things that are really like body slams but there's like a pillow or you something with you yeah in such a pleasant way yeah <laughs> that reminds me i don't know but, if you've seen this movie the uh marriage story have you seen that beth i don't think so so it just came out and it we actually have like a, oh, a bonus okay. episode where we discuss it that patreon subscribers can have access to so go to our patreon nice. yes. link in the sh- show notes but um the the <laughs> one of the lead characters is a nine and that's that stealth thing is like to me it 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 reads as like a jaws-esque like horror film 
you know, like yes. what is yes. coming, <laughs> what is about to right? attack. Yeah. When is the attack happening? Yeah. It's not so much like, is it going to happen? It's like, when will it happen? Exactly. And what will it look like? Well, and it depends on how strong of the wing they have, right? So I have a mm. very strong eight wing. And so that's that's one thing. And then if you have a very strong one wing, that's a whole nother thing. So yeah, yeah it's, um, but it's really nice to be able to be an Enneagram coach and have that ability because there are things with the Enneagram that are hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everyone needs to hear it, but how can we say it in a way that lands on someone well? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, you know, just a natural thing that I'm able to do. But all mm-hmm. that to be said, the blind spot path can be transformative because once you understand, you know, especially if you're married, your spouse's blind spot path and yours, it's like, oh, this is now making so much more sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I know like with books. my husband, yeah, yeah, well, and with my husband, you know, I being a nine, my blind spot path is three. And a nine doesn't think their presence matters much and we don't assert ourselves mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And but yet in that blind spot path, I will go to the average, the lower parts of three, and I want affirmation, right? Yep. I want to all like kind of brag or or throw softballs up for him to like affirm me. Now there's nothing mm-hmm. in and of itself wrong with that per se unless my whole life is revolved around what he thinks of me and does he value me that then becomes a major problem because he cannot ultimately fulfill me no matter how of amazing a husband he is that's part of the work i have to do in my own growth yeah. and so if i'm waiting it waiting for it just to come from him i'm going to be waiting a long time because he just can't give it to the degree that my heart and soul needs it and that's why for us and i know that your whole audience isn't christians but that is kind of the platform that we do the enneagram from is from a christian centered Mm -hmm. perspective and i know that i have to get that filled by god uh, first Mm -hmm. and foremost and then once i'm filled up and satisfied then whatever jeff gives me is like a bonus it's like oh that's so cool thanks you know but if i'm not getting anything from god and i'm wanting it from jeff he just you know he can't give to the same degree that I can get from God. So um, that's where the blind spot path can be so beneficial because um, we can really support each other in new ways that we never, like we knew this was going on, but we just had no words to really explain it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's fascinating. So I feel like the cat's out of the bag now and my family's going to be like... (laughs) They're and you can say, see, I am a two. I told you. Yeah. yeah. I am is, a two. That's the it last is, argument true. you'll I mean, ever win, Bethany. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, Beth, so you mentioned you're an Enneagram coach, and that comes with its own like collateral, I would think. We're just obsessed with the Enneagram. You're an expert, so you have to sort of live, eat, and breathe this stuff. And a question that we yeah, always... I'd love to. <laughs> the question that we always ask our guests, um, we, we have a segment that we do at the beginning of every show. We ask our guests, um, well, the name of the segment is How Bad Has It Gotten? How bad has it gotten? How bad has it gotten? Okay, so that's the name of the, <laughs> of the segment. Um <laughs> Beth, uh, how bad has your obsession with the Enneagram gotten in your life? Is there a way in which you've ever like stepped outside of yourself and said, okay, (laughs) I've got to reel it back a little bit? Yes and no. Um, The reason why I say yes and no is because so this last year, though I've been pushing really hard for the last three years, this last year was even crazier. And 
in the course of 2019, we um, created a course for all 45 couple types. It's called Becoming Us. Whoa. And you can get it at becomingus.com. And wow. I literally do eight modules for each couple type. So, you know, if you're a two and a five couple type or a nine and a four, oh whatever, gosh. or a six and a six couple type, I oh, literally wow. show you what your dynamics are going to be like when you're not doing well in communication, conflict, uh, family of origin and becoming your best selves. And then what it looks like to actually walk in more health and transformation together. Um, and so that was pretty crazy, like developing the content and then recording all of it. Um, and our teams work and there's 64 page workbook for each of them. So that was not only that was a big undertaking, but we finished all 10 books in, uh, 2019 released them in 2019 and then we redid um our biggest course becoming enneagram coach course we redid it and so yes by the end of that i kind of was like what did i get myself into you know um (laughs) (laughs) oh and and we toured and we did uh events on becoming us um throughout the summer so but at the same time that's the interesting thing about being a nine with an eight wing particularly is nines, one of our biggest struggles is inertia. Now, uh-huh. most of the yeah. time you're going to experience, like when you think of a nine, you're going to think of a nine as chilling, relaxing, and not doing anything. But it's actually either or. Either we're yeah. totally chilling or we are like, so I, I think of us as elephants. And have you guys listened to Sleeping at Last? Yes. Um, yes. Music. When he came out with the image of elephants. I literally was in a meeting with like 20 other mm. people in a mastermind and I'm like crying because mm. I've Aww. always, I've always um, seen myself as like an elephant, like a kind of like your spirit animal because elephants are either, they're very communal, very peaceable. Um, and they love like just laying in mud and like, you know, just chilling, <laughs> but yeah. they're also the king of the the jungle. Like if there are lions around, you better watch out when the, when the elephant is in a stampede. Yeah. And so I see myself as kind of this either or, right? Like either chill or like stampeding. And so mm-hmm. this last year was that year of just stampeding and resilience and yeah. getting things done. But the most of the internal working of the nine is like, what are you doing? Like, this is insane. Yeah. But it was really encouraging just to see, oh, we, we did do it we could do it and now I can rest. So this year, yeah, my word is balance, which is hard for nine because like I said, it's either you're at rest or you're really charging hard. So to learn how to have some kind of balance and still be productive is, is my new challenge yeah, in 2020. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. So yes, it did get pretty deep and, and dark and glorious all at the same time. <laughs> deep and dark and glorious. That sounds like um, nice. a, an elephant. Kind of like an elephant in the mud, right? Yeah. If you if you go like Instagram search, like you know elephants, um, you'll just it's it's hilarious how <laughs> they love. Is this something you've done? It's, it's <laughs> Instagram search elephants. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I have like all these elephant things say because if you watch them, they are super intriguing. They're one of the smartest animals. They don't forget anything. <laughs> um, they've got each other's back. I mean, like. You just, you've got to like, and that's why the animals, when he came out with the animals were so spot yeah. on because they really do represent the types very well. So I'm looking yes, at hashtag elephant right now on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It is so they awesome. look very poised. Do you believe 
in like the the like that there's an animal kind of associated with each enneagram type like i've heard different different yeah and i wouldn't say there's like just one i mean i've heard other animals for the nine too i mean like sloths i mean it's true Mm -hmm. like i would rather go at a slow steady pace than be rushed Mm -hmm. um yeah and but here's the thing so Obviously, the type nine's core weakness, passion, deadly sin, whatever you want to call it, is sloth. But it's not necessarily a physical laziness. It's an internal laziness. And, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of our presidents were actually type nines and they're not physically lazy. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what the big important thing. But, yeah, like, you know, I could see like a type one being like a bald eagle, you know, just very, mm. um, you know, glorious and majestic and very precise and seeing things from a very high Mm. view. Um, So, you know, each animal or each type, I think there could be several animals that you like really uh, correlate with. I know my daughter's Mm -hmm. a type two has always loved pandas. I don't, I haven't thought to look at a panda and kind of correlate it, but I know for her, she really resonates uh, with pandas. So I don't know what, what animals would you guys say that you would resonate with? I think I think it has to be like not just dogs but like labradors or a golden yeah. retriever or something. Yes. For totally. twos because they just they love people so yes. much. Like I've never met a lab that doesn't just love people yeah. and they're like and they're so friendly and loving and cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And they're constantly looking for the need. Like what is my master need yes. and how can I yes. support you, help you, you know, and mm-hmm. give to you? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. There's a reason they're like guide dogs and therapy dogs. Like yes. are often I, I googled an- animals for fours because I panicked and I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. But it's wrong. Cat. No, is it's it not. Cat? It says black stallion. What? Oh. Like <laughs> that's a little much. What? Or or basset hound or dove, which I don't really relate to that either. Mm, those yeah. are weird. So I don't know. Yeah, um, that doesn't. Make I don't sense think to there's me. any animal that really measures. I feel up like fours to... are cats. Uh, pff, cats. <laughs> you would. Yeah, a four would say that. <laughs> there's no animal that measures up. Yeah, just a human being. I think. Really. <laughs> Okay. That is awesome. Um, Well, this season we're talking about in stress, like what about being in stress? Because we, we both, I think Bethy and I both have had stressful year. And so now Mm -hmm. we want to delve into that a little bit. Just want to talk about it. Yeah. So, (laughs) so yeah. And how the Enneagram helps us in stress. So Beth, can you talk to us a little bit about what it's like when you are in stress um, as a nine? Absolutely. Yeah. So the stress path that the nine goes is taking on some of the average to unhealthy attributes of a type six, which I'm very familiar with. Mm. Um, so like a great example would be like one day we were needing to fly to Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, and I live in Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And on a really nice, good day, you could get from Franklin to the airport in about 40, 45 minutes. Well, I woke up about 15 minutes late. My family didn't. I did. And so you're kind of scrambling to get on the road. Well, once we got on the road, it was like eight o'clock, you know, so now you got rush hour, you've got school traffic zones and all the things. So my mind 
started to race with all the possibilities that would keep us from getting to the airport on time and maybe uh, missing our flight. Now, of course, I was still like probably two hours early. So the likelihood was pretty minimal, but I started racing in my mind. So I was thinking of all the worst case scenarios, getting irritable, like every traffic light, I was snippy, even though I wasn't the one driving. And so my family didn't do anything wrong, but Mm -hmm. I was really testy and, you know, not at them, but just at the world. And it was in that moment, like I said, I used the, the terminology rumble strip like on the highway, Mm -hmm. because it's really what it was. It was like this wake up moment, like, oh, wait, I'm totally acting out in ways that probably no one's enjoying and they Mm -hmm. didn't do anything. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of like raised my hand and I just was like, okay, guys, I totally see that I'm irritable. I'm thinking of all worst case scenarios in the moment. I'm fearful. I'm allowing my mind to go in places that's not healthy. Um, And I'm really sorry. I, but I did, I was honest and I said, Hey, I don't know if I can really stop because we're not at the airport yet. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm still <laughs> like, stressed. <laughs> um, but I was like, I'm more mindful of it now and I'm going to try my best to not act in these ways. Um, and they were really great about it. You know, I think a lot of people are, are typically pretty forgiving people if people will just own their stuff, um, mm-hmm. and, and try to work on it. Right. I mean, we can't promise that we're going to be perfect, but we can definitely, try to become a healthier version of ourselves, And so between that and getting to the airport, even though I was still anxious and concerned, I recognized I wasn't being as vocal or frustrated or snippy. And so it was a, probably a much more pleasant ride for them and, you know, and for me as well. Um, but that can, that can happen, you know, and it, it's amazing how fast these um, kind of activators come into our life, you know? So like right now we're active in our company in a launch for a product and, you know, we've forecasted what we kind of hope to bring in to sustain the budget. Right. And all of a sudden there's my six again, thinking of all the possibilities of how it could go wrong. Mm. Now as a nine, Mm -hmm. my normal natural state is like, Hey, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. Like let's not sweat the sweat, anything, not even the small stuff. Let's just Mm -hmm. not worry about (laughs) anything. Um, (laughs) But all of a sudden, this, you know, comes into my mind and it takes me down a path. Now, a lot of people can like that are hearing this, they might be like, oh, you're so down on sixes. Absolutely not. My <laughs> husband, my son, my mom and my best friend, they're all sixes. Wow. So I love sixes. You are taken um, care of. I am <laughs> yeah. absolutely taken care of. Yes. And have oh, obviously so strong supported. relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, So definitely not down on sixes because it's amazing how they can see all the possibilities and navigate around that and make sure things go well. This is when I'm acting in the less healthy attributes of a six. And that's not good for anyone, even if a six is doing it too. So, um, so I have to just become very mindful when these parts of me start to take over and, derail me and relationships where it's perfectly fine that it's come up, but I need to be able to say, um, like to my, you know, let's say even my team today, we had a staff meeting or an executive meeting. And I just said, Hey, I just want to be honest with you. Like this forecasting for a nine is kind of hard because I'd rather just like launch a product and like see what happens mm. and like be excited for what, <laughs> yeah. whatever happened. But when you have a business and you have <laughs> bills that need to be paid, you have to strategize and forecast and all this stuff. Yeah. So for me, that feels like a bummer. Cause it's like, well, what if we don't make the money? Then it's sad. And you know, people are upset or whatever. Um, 
And so I'm recognizing my own shortcomings and my thinking style and how my personality naturally wants things to go versus taking the time to process that and grow in a new way. And growth is always uncomfortable. I mean, I wish it wasn't, yeah. but it is, mm-hmm. but it's also good and it's freeing. So that's kind of how I've experienced, you know, a lot of kind of my six under stress tendencies and it could easily be also with safety. So like let's say if my kids are driving somewhere, I could get anxious. Like, are they going to be okay? You know, it's raining outside and my mind can start spinning in those kind of categories as well. It feels like the transition of that stress move from nine to six would be pretty jarring compared to other like mm-hmm. stress transitions like four to two mm-hmm. is feels natural natural to me um going from like self-absorbed to needy <laughs> essentially <laughs> um but uh and then the back and then the, i guess like it would be for two what is it it would be two to, to eight two to eight yeah that makes sense because it's like very feels mm-hmm. very natural for me yeah. i mean does it <laughs> yeah. feel natural to a nine to just like suddenly you're gone you've gone from it'll be fine to like uh so anxious yeah anxious and like i mean i would say it feels case i would say it feels natural and because that's what we just it's what you naturally yeah, do yeah. but i totally i think it's actually it's more jarring for those that are around yeah. the nine yeah. because people are so used to us being peaceable steady um, more optimistic in our viewpoint, accepting, non judgmental. But then all of a sudden, you know, another whole thing can start, you know, especially with this under stress part. And it's like, wait, what? What's going on? Yeah. Like, and so people are kind of like, in a sense, like push back, like, this isn't you. And it's very, um, yeah, I would say it's more jarring for other people. But then when the nine hears is, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't assert your emotions. You shouldn't avoid, uh, assert your voice, your opinions. And so then we want to clam mm-hmm. up and shut down and withdraw. Mm-hmm. So, and that doesn't help mm-hmm. either. Right. I mean, that's not the answer, yeah. but that's typically the pattern. It's like, see, no one really wants to hear how I feel. So I'll just go be by myself and, you know, sulk or be sad. Um, so mm-hmm. I think, I think it's more jarring for others, which if, that's why it's so great if a family, workplace, you know, friendships, if they understand how the other person operates, then when this happens, it's not like they're like, oh, this is no biggie, but at least they can go, okay, this makes sense. Like, I totally see mm-hmm. why you'd be under stress. I don't really appreciate kind of like what's happening, but let's have the conversation. What can I do to support you? Um, like the other day when I was starting to feel the panic of, you know, our, is our launch going to go as well as we need it to? Mm. And then all the worst case scenarios came in my mind. My husband, who is a type six, was able to listen to me without trying to fix me, you know, and, and he was understanding because he struggles with that too. Mm. And so just by being there and listening gave me the space to kind of internally calm down versus him being like, what is, what in the world? Like, why are you getting so upset? (laughs) You know, then Mm -hmm. that only either makes me, my eight comes out and I get more angry or, um, I shut down. Those are kind of usually the two, the two things I, it's so nice to have like a person who's like, well, welcome to, (laughs) welcome to the club. (laughs) We have been thinking about where I'm at all the time. (laughs) Uh, they're like way ahead of you. Yeah. My husband will sometimes, 
joke he'll be like okay you're in my ballpark right. now and uh that's not welcome you need to like go back to your own space stay in your lane and it's i mean we, <laughs> we can't yeah. both be right. stressed out right now it's true yeah well, and he and he will bring a lot of the nine the steadiness um to the relationship especially and that's what's so great right like that's the beauty of being in a strong relationship balancing each other out um, obviously it makes it really hard when both people are struggling. Um, but that's why this can give us language and, um, new ways of talking and communicating to be there for each yeah. other, um, in a much deeper way. All right. So, um, everyone does require different ways of, I'm trying to, uh, transition into this. <laughs> We all thrive with different ways of communication and you're a coach, right? You're you, your whole thing is you're an Enneagram coach. We want to talk about yep. what types of coaching techniques, uh, each type flourishes under. And in the case of this, we're talking sport teams. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so what we want to talk about is like what kind of football, uh, I'm going to say football because that could be either sport. <laughs> that could be two different sports. Um, what could be oh, true. what yeah. kind of football coach yep. would um, each number prefer? Bethany, mm-hmm. why don't you choose a number and start there? Um, I'm going to choose one. Okay, so one, I think, would just need a coach that like tells them exactly what they need them to do hmm. and what the expectations are and is just a clear communicator do this and and also is gentle with criticism right because if they're like just mm. constantly critiquing and criticizing the one will just feel really bad about themselves yeah. so yeah does that feel right beth yeah i mean i think they also want to know what the rules are not just of the mm-hmm. game oh, but yeah. the rules yeah. of the team yeah like mm-hmm. what what is right, what is acceptable. But it's not just any rules because if it's morally and ethically kind of off, they're going to speak up. Mm. You know, they're they're not oh, gonna so do they can't they can't yeah, be a lot of coaches. That's right, a sport exactly. reference. Can't be like on this team, one of the rules is you have to cheat in every yeah. game. Right. Exactly. Not that guy from <laughs> like, Karate Kid who going- like kicked his leg out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And so that would be, and and they're going to want their coach to keep to the time frame, you know, like, okay, we're, you know, we said that we were going to work out from eight to 10. (laughs) Well, if it's like 10, 15, 10, 30, that's going to really, I mean, that could upset just anyone. Right. But the one is going to be like, where's the precision? Where's the, the accuracy (laughs) that you had said? I'm just realizing how hard it must be to coach a team of people of different Enneagram Everyone in their different personalities. Expectations and stuff. Yeah. Um, Okay, two, I'll go next. Um, I think twos need a coach who cares about them. Like the coach from Friday Mm -hmm. Night Lights who like throws you in a bathtub and puts water all over you for no reason other than like, (laughs) I care about you. And this is somehow how I'm showing you that. (laughs) That feels like what kind of coach. And they would, they would want a lot of encouragement Mm. and a, like mm-hmm. words of appreciation, like yep. it, not in, like in, in a sport setting, right? Not just like in yeah. general, but like, hey, I saw you pass that to 
so like let's say soccer, you assisted a goal. Like that was really great that you thought of that. Stuff like that would be really meaningful for the two that someone noticed that they weren't just taking the spotlight for yeah. themselves. Beth, how mm-hmm. about a three? All right, a three, I would say that the coach that a three would want is someone that has goals set, they have a mission plan, um, they they have attainable goals that mm. everyone can succeed, mm-hmm. that they have some sort of reward system um, yeah. for when they accomplish things. I was going to say know, just lots of trophies. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, all you need. Like, for instance, like <laughs> Ohio State's helmets always have stickers oh, all over it, you know? Yeah. Like, like a three would love that. Like, you know, getting their helmet all, you know, stickered up and showing their accolades. Um, and then just a lot of affirmation, uh, showing value, respect for the hard work that the type three has put forth for the team. Bethany yeah. four. Oh, fours. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you just need to be gentle with fours and (laughs) you need to um the coach needs to just tell them just let them know that they see them Mm. in some way (laughs) this Um, is so abstract (laughs) i know uh just say i see you to, to to your team just say i see you it's just yeah over and over again. Beth, help. Every time you speak to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, because it's going to, I think it will vary between the subtypes. Mm. Because if you have a one-to-one four, or some teachers call it the sexual four, they're highly competitive mm. and mm. intense, especially when it comes to like sports. And so that's a whole different way of coaching someone um, then maybe like the social four, which is going to be much more, and they're all sensitive, but much more outwardly sensitive. Um, and, and then versus the tenacity four, which is the self-preservation four, um, which mm-hmm. isn't, which isn't going to show their emotions as much. So the, the one-to-one four is going to be very competitive and you're going to see it, it actually can look mm. eight ish. Mm. Um, whereas the social or the, uh, self-preservation for the what's called this tenacity they're going to withhold some of their like darker moods and feelings it almost can look seven-ish mm. actually um and and so i think in general i think you're what you're saying is actually right is really noticing the moments that the four brings a unique quality uh, yeah that is different than others, like really highlighting that, not making it the biggest deal, but enough to say you belong here because you contribute in this very specific way. So it seems like a four should be a kicker just to make that as easy as possible for the coach. (laughs) Well, that is a unique spot. Yeah. Or, or goalkeeper or, you know, but I wouldn't say they, they obviously a four doesn't have to, but like, for instance, I don't know if this person is a type mm-hmm. four. I absolutely have no idea. And I'm usually a person that doesn't usually do this, but I would be intrigued. <laughs> Welcome to no this chill is the place to do it. <laughs> I would be intrigued to find out what type Dennis Rodman is. Four. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one-to-one four, the yeah the more intense competitive four, but he brought such uniqueness to his position and like such 
passion, right? Yeah. That or I don't, maybe you guys aren't familiar with Dennis Rodman. Maybe I'm just speaking to myself, but he brought him. such passion and intensity to his, <laughs> to his role. Um, but he also definitely stood out, right? Not just physically like, like tattoos and his hair, but just his presence, he really stood out. So, um, yeah. but he was so vital to, especially the, the defense for the bulls that, um, anyway, I just think that a coach really seen the attributes that a type four brings and highlighting them with not a definitely don't be, um, pompous or pretense, right? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Like that is not but just be very real and raw about the talents that they bring would be really meaningful to them. The Robin thing is so true. The fours, it feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, but my experience says they, uh, they also think the rules don't apply to them as opposed That's to the one. That's true. And <laughs> yeah. Dennis Rodman, so he's the guy who literally went to North Korea to exactly. try and like solve this problem because he just thought somehow uh, he could pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Now, who knows? He could be a totally different number. Yeah. I am so open to all of that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying there are certain attributes that I've noticed that made me kind of intrigued with, huh, I would love to find out. Like, you know, I just wish we could all somehow be able to know different people's types because I think it's so intriguing. Yeah. It also gives a lot, a deeper level of respect for what they've been through and what they've mm-hmm. like produced or um, like what their career has been. But that's true. Anyway, so that's just a guess. Yeah. Number five, Bethany, go. No, I just did fours. Oh, it's me. It's your turn. Five. Yeah. Um, they want to know the strategies. They want like the oh. chalkboard thing and they want to yeah. like know all the stats and like, if I mm. do this, what is my percentage chance of, of winning? That seems good. Mm-hmm. Number yeah, six, yeah. Beth. All right. Number six, uh, definitely a loyal committed coach yeah. that sees the good in them, but also recognizes when the six feels stuck and giving them guidance and support versus just allowing them to flounder or um, going against their player, like whether like, you know, jokingly betting against them or putting them down that will <laughs> not develop the loyalty yeah. that a six needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven Bethany. Sevens. Um, I, Obviously, make it fun. They're not going to want to show up if it's not a fun experience. Yeah. Um, but also, I think sevens, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think sevens can be like pretty competitive because that's just mm-hmm. fun to play and win and beat other right. people. Right. Um, so maybe encourage that competitiveness. Seems yeah, they're going to hate mundane mm-hmm. like practice drills if you do the same thing Mm, every day yeah but if you can switch it up and make it more of a challenge or fun or exciting or like you said like a competition Mm -hmm. they're really going to be into that i think eights are sweet the leg coaches (laughs) they're coaches that want you (laughs) to like destroy the other team break their heads open it's all about it's all about um yeah (laughs) It's all about destroying the other team if you're an eight. Dominating. Dominating. Getting it done. 
But if we yeah. frame it more positively, right? It's getting it, mm -hmm. getting something accomplished. All right, nines. Yeah, the nine. I I would love to be under a coach that sees the good in every player and pulls it out of them and encourages mm. them. You know yeah. that. So it's not about. I mean, of course, I would want that for myself too. To but to take notice of each person that each person has a unique value that they bring to the team and not sidelining anyone, you know, like even those that need to be like, let's say on the beach, they're not start or bench. They're not starters. They have great value and that the coach shows like, for instance, like I, Jeff and I went to the university of Kansas. And so KU basketball is a big deal. The bench players are major assets to the whole team because when they are practicing, they're the ones that are constantly keeping the starters and the ones that come off the bench first at their top, uh, the top of the game. And so to have a coach that recognizes that instead of being like, oh, you're really a nobody, that that would drive me incredibly oh, yeah. insane if a coach yeah. was, was disrespectful to others. Beth, we, we like to do a segment called, can we make Enneagram slang happen? Um, and this is where we come up with a new example of Enneagram slang and see if we think we can make it happen. Um, the the <laughs> one, some previous examples are things like Enneafam, which did happen. Enneaglam, mm -hmm. which I feel like <laughs> should have happened. Um, should have. It happened in our hearts. It happened in our hearts. What were some <laughs> others? Are there any other? Well, those are enough. Bethany, you had one for today? <laughs> I have one. Okay. Okay. So it is six threed. Like six seed. <laughs> but, but three. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so like if when a type three succeeds, they six threeded. Oh, see. Ah, no, I got yeah. confused. I, I, see that. I don't like that. It you don't? Like, it's, no. It sounds like six three. Six threed, well, which is how I read it. But, at first well then what would that mean <laughs> i thought for a minute i thought that sixes go to three at health or something and so no well they go to three at success at stress in stress so maybe maybe no, it's what it, happens when a six is six under stress but three. they make it through they six they six three did it it's a versatile it can have <laughs> different meanings but i'm gonna make it happen all right beth what do you think do you think that it can happen well that would be the intriguing thing so when we talked earlier about the blind spot path there's actually the the last path that we didn't talk about is called the converging path and that is after you've done your growth path you can go to the highest healthiest part of what's typically your stress path so for the six, they go under stress to three, but mm -hmm. when they're at their healthiest, they actually take on the healthiest attributes of the three. So they'll be, you know, more trusting of themselves, more direct. They're going to be more assertive. They're not going to allow their inner committee to kind of sabotage their goals. They're going to actually get going and be productive and bravely conquer their next things. And, and ultimately they would six three. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. We, so it is a it thing. It will happen. It's a thing. All right. Yeah. I'm going to make it a hashtag on Instagram. Do it. Anytime I take a picture of Jennifer, my spouse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. This has been No Chill Enneagram. It is hosted and produced by me, Richard Clark, and Bethany Perkins. 
Theme music is 80s Disco Pop by Cinematic Alex. Our amazing logo and most of our awesome Instagram illustrations are by Matt Metcalf. If you're highly integrated, consider supporting our Patreon. You have the bandwidth, and we think you'll love all of our extra bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash nochillpodcast to join. If you're moderately integrated, hang in there. You got this. Just leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and then tell your friends about us so others can join you on your Enneagram journey. If you're not integrated at all, we're sorry. You're probably that way because of all the time you spend on social media. So just follow us on Instagram at NoChillEnneagram or Twitter at NoChillEnneapod. This is an Area Code podcast.